What's up guys? This episode I want to talk about something a little bit different than normal and this is more of a programmer uh, problem. So I'm going to talk about sort of the philosophy and the frame of mind that you use to solve a problem and how that can affect your implementation of your code significantly. So one of the common things that you'll probably see in a programming interview at some point in your life uh, this will come up and it's the idea of fizzbuzz. So fizzbuzz is really just going from the number one to a hundred or a thousand or whatever and you have these numbers and you say well one, two, fizz, four, buzz, fizz and so on and you replace the numbers that are evenly divisible by three with fizz and evenly divisible by five with buzz and if it's divisible evenly by both three and five then you print out fizzbuzz. Now I want to talk about this problem because it's one where you can uh, see very clearly and easy in an example that your frame of mind when you were coding hugely affects the implementation of your code that you write. So a common example of a fizzbuzz implementation would be one up to a hundred um, and you would start out by saying well if it's evenly divisible by three let's print out fizz, else if it's evenly divisible by five, let's print out buzz. And then really quickly here, you realize, well, if it's evenly divisible by three and it's evenly divisible by five, let's print out fizz buzz. This isn't gonna work because it needs to be first. Because otherwise, um, you would uh, pass on this first one and you would only get fizz for the number 15 because it would hit that conditional first. So that has to be moved to the top and it kind of forces you to go there because you are setting up a condition for each case. Um, in the last case, you just print out the integer and that's it. Now, this is a frame of reference uh, or frame of mind and the problem solving that you're doing is based on that integer. It's everything that you see in this code cares about that integer. It's only concerned about that number. And then based on that number, what should we print out? This is good because it allows you to have a brute force approach that you can solve pretty easily. But it also means that you could have totally wildly different outputs for each of these. Uh, so if you wanted to do something crazy for FizzBuzz, um, you could do that. Uh, but if you have a simpler problem, like FizzBuzz normally is, you could reframe this problem around the string that you're outputting. So with fizzbuzz, you are concerned about three and five and any of the other numbers, you just print them out. So what if we actually focus on the output string itself? So what if we started with an empty string and <clears throat> we printed out that string at the end? So we did our logic in here and we created that string as we went along. Well, we could actually take that first approach that we did before and say if uh, we'll add string onto or we'll add fizz onto the string if i is evenly divisible by three and we'll add buzz on there if i is evenly divisible by five. Now what's really cool about this is these two conditions being separate if statements fully satisfy the fizzbuzz condition. So we don't have to we don't have to care about this at all because fizzbuzz will concatenate those two strings together and will pass uh, that perfectly because those are two separate strings and we're just saying let's build this 
output one chunk at a time. And so we'll add fizz on there because it passes that, and we'll add buzz on there because it passes that. But if you got the number five, we won't add fizz, but we will add buzz, and we'll get the right output. And so the only case that we're uh, concerned about at the end here is that we want to print out the integer itself um, if the string is still blank at the very end of these. So we have a little bit of a different focus here at the end because we have to say, well, you know, if you didn't put fizz or buzz in there and we still have an empty string at the end of all this, then let's print out the number itself so we get the correct output. Now, you can see from these implementations that we saved uh, the most complicated piece of logic out of the top implementation, we removed it from the second one, and that is super cool because we took the duplication as well. And the duplication here was that fizz and the first conditional and the second conditional uh, and the, the buzz, all of that stuff was happening. Um, but it was happening in two places. We had it for fizz buzz, but we also had it for the individual cases. And this one doesn't even care. The side effect that we get of this is that fizzbuzz is also a thing. So our code understands the problem so deeply that it doesn't even have to implement anything for the fizzbuzz case. It's actually pre-designed with that in mind and naturally that is the output that you get. So this is cool because when you solve a problem with the frame of mind that you really deeply know those little nuggets, those little foundations, those building blocks of how to solve that problem, you can create a really sl slick implementation like this that focuses on the output. And you can see in this that the first one has the letter, uh, the variable i all over the place. It's on almost every single line in the conditional, in the if statement. Um, and this one has this string on every single line. So you can tell that our focus and our, uh, our frame of reference on these shifted from the input, the variable i, to the output, the string that we were working with. So this is cool and it allows you to very much change your implementation. And this is not something you can do with a process like TDD or something, because TDD actually just cares about whether or not your implementation is correct or not. It doesn't necessarily produce code that is going to be elegant to read that really understands the problem. So that's generally why you see red-green refactor as a phrase um, in the TDD and testing world, because you will hear that people will say, red, green, refactor, because once you've made a test, you made it pass, you probably understand the problem better and you can go back and refactor it and create a better implementation that satisfies all those requirements in an easier manner. So this I thought was really cool because what you can do with frame of reference and how you attack a problem will hugely improve the maintainability of your code going forward. So we should be able to add in any of the other numbers that we would like into this implementation and change the output accordingly. Now, there's some situations where if fizzbuzz were to evolve and have new requirements, one of these implementations might be easier to work with than the other. So it really comes down to how much is this going to change in the future on what your implementation will probably stay like. In our case, if we were staying with fizzbuzz and we we're maybe changing in and adding the number seven in there as well, and maybe it's another word, 
then cool. This uh, second implementation would easily handle that and they'll work super nicely. Now, the thing is that if you wanted to totally revamp the output for the number seven and you wanted like a slot machine to show up or something, well, this one wouldn't make so much sense because you want to have um, a pretty much a totally different branch at that point. Whereas this one is focused around the, the nuances of building the output string and you would probably have to go rewrite the way that you did this. Now you could just uh, add a conditional around this and keep those standard chunks of the way you process it there and um, just kind of use that or use your slot machine version or whatever. Now this is all kind of like very like philosophical of how to approach it, but I hope that you're able to see that the way you frame problems in your head and the um, code ends up, the code ends up being the reflection of the way you understand the problem. So if you don't really understand the problem, you're gonna brute force it and it's gonna look like code was brute forced to solve the problem. And that's not a bad thing, but if you really do understand the problem, you can see that in people's code because it comes across as very simple and very straightforward. And that's simply because they really understood the problem and were able to break it down to those little nuggets. So I wanna encourage you to spend some time and fiddle with these things, refactor your code a lot, so you can see the different ways you could frame these problems in your head and come up with very different results. So there's you know a million different ways you could solve any of these problems. These are of course just simple loops. You might see someone build classes and instantiate those and they have conditionals in there and all that. And that's totally fine. That could be another way of implementing this as well. So it depends on your problem and your solution that you're looking for, but uh, that's entirely up to you. You just have to spend a lot of time going and trying different ways and seeing what you come up with. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I thought it was fun to make. Um, definitely is interesting to see and is one of those things that I think about a lot while I'm coding to make sure that my frame of reference on the problem is equivalent to how the problem should be solved. You can usually see very quickly if you're writing a lot of this code that feels heavy on the if statements that you maybe don't understand the problem as well as you might think. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see more stuff like this, let me know in the comments below. I know it's a little off topic than normal, but hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you in the next one. Peace.